This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm Mark Berry. This week on Top Shelf, with the 23-24 Junior A regular season just around the corner, we thought it might be wise to get KIJHL Commissioner Jeff Dubois back to talk about some rule changes that may catch fans off guard. He's agreed and will join us in the back half of the show. Before that, co-host Emmanuel Sequera will talk with Creston Valley Thundercat Luke Chakrabarty, who's coming off a career season. They'll talk about his preparation heading into his 20 year. We'll also unveil a double shot of our new feature, Player Spotlight. All this and more on Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Here comes Sickelly, threw it in front. They score, hat trick goal. They send it right up, slot air, he scores. Bruins looking for that one timer, didn't get it, but the rebound works. Down the wing, half breakaway, more scores. Short handed. From behind the net, a wrap round goes in. McDuff! Thanks in the back of the net, what a move! And oh, they're trying to go for a goalie goal. They're trying to go for a goalie goal, and it's in the net! Cody Creasy just scored a goal! Luke Chakrabarty of the Thundercats is coming off an incredible season. 78 points in 41 games, best in the KIJHL. In the playoffs, he added 23 points in just 12 games. Emmanuel talks with him. Next. McLean, two assists, rebounds there. Luke Chakrabarty at the side, his stick tied up. It's Guzantonis with 58 seconds to go. McLean taps it ahead to Max Chakrabarty. Into the slot. Nelson puts it there. McLean trying to pass up a rebound and there great pass. Go. And there's the hat trick. Ah. Three straight power play goals and natural hat trick for Luke Chakrabarty. Welcome to Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm joined by Luke Chakrabarty of the Creston Valley Thundercats. Luke was named the KIJHL MVP for the regular season. Luke, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for having me. So, Luke, uh, how was your summer? Uh, my summer was good. We, uh, I took a bit of time off from hockey, just golfed and, uh, you know, hung out with some buddies and then got back to it. And, yeah, did some good training on and off the ice, and I think I'm ready for the season to start again. Luke, uh, talk about your decision on wanting to return uh, to the Crescent Valley Thundercats for another season. Uh, you know, I love the group we have. They're returning 20-year-olds and 19-year-olds. And uh, Brad, his coaching style fit my style of play. So I think coming back here for another season is going to be a great benefit on potential post-junior options, whether that be college or other. I'm really excited to get going again. Talk about some of the things that you focused on this offseason to ensure that you can perform to your expectations or standards. Uh, I've been working on my shot a lot because, you know, you can always have a better shot. Working a lot on my edges and skating because as a smaller player, you know, that's uh, being shifty and quick is very, very helpful in getting out of corners and winning, even winning battles and all that stuff. So kind of went back to the fundamentals this summer. And I mean, you had an impressive season offensively, 78 points in 41 games. Uh are those numbers that you're looking to improve on, or is that something that you even put much of a focus on? Definitely looking to improve on, but the main focus of the season is going to be, well, obviously winning a championship. You know, last season I kind of got all all the accolades, so this season very, very focused on just winning as a team, and hopefully I can score while I'm doing that. And so I do have individual goals in terms of goals, assists, and points and whatnot, but the main focus of the season is to win a championship. Because you guys uh, you guys lost against Beaver Valley in the second round. What kind of hunger has that created for yourself and the other returning players? A lot of hunger. We're 
some of us that have this is our third year on this team. You know, we lost to Beaver Valley in game seven, two years in a row. So we feel like we've got something to prove. We're playing with a chip on our shoulder. And, you know, we last year we thought we had uh, more to give. We thought we should have gone deeper in playoffs and we thought we had a real chance. This year we seem to have a good group of rookies. So we're hoping that this is the year. And we all, you know, for us 20-year-olds, it's our last year. So we're uh, we're pretty desperate to win a championship here. And then talk about some of the additions made that the players that brought Tobin has brought in. I mean, what do you like about how the group looks so far? They're very skilled players. They aren't scared to, you know, uh, make a little extra move or keep the puck themselves, which is good. They play with confidence. We've got some size to us this year, which we were kind of lacking last year, which will help with, uh, you know, the how the Eddie Mountain Division is with a lot. It's very physical, so. We have some guys that can hold their weight and we have some guys that can put the puck in the net. He, he did a really good job recruiting this year and I'm I'm excited to see what they've got. I, I got to ask about goal celebrations. Do you have any uh, new ones planned for this season? Uh, no, I think I'm going to keep it pretty casual this season. I'm going to might let the emotions get the best of me. But if I'm if I've got a clear head, I'm going to try to keep it a little casual. You never know if you score a game winning goal, or if you score a, a nice little snipe or something you can let loose, but I don't have anything planned. I kind of just let um, instinct take over. Going into the season, what area of your skills do you think that you've done good work on to improve yourself, to make yourself a better player? I think my shot, I think last year, a lot of my goals were scored like in the slot area when, and uh, a few, you know, just tap ins. So this year I'm going to try to be a threat from everywhere, just score from all angles and all, um, let let pucks go from the blue line. And even if they don't go in, you know, they'll create some rebounds and net front battles. So I'm trying to be more of a shooter this year. Going into your second season playing with your brother, Max, I mean, talk about what it was like to play a full season with your brother last year. It was awesome. It was, uh, we always had that two-year age gap where through, um, you know, we could never play together. Um, and he never actually liked me watching his games because he always said that he would play bad when I watched. So he, it was, it was nice to play with them. You know, it was a little, uh, it was cool at first. It was just kind of, and then we started to actually play like on the same line. You know, he was, we were both on power play one together and we got this chemistry going that it was just, it was, it was an unbelievable feeling. And I know my parents loved it. Cause my, we had, we had one goal against rebel Stoke where the announcer was like, check Barty to check Barty back to check Barty And he scores. And it was, it was just, you know, it's an awesome feeling. And we have uh grandparents and, family aunts and uncles watching out and they they love it so it's just a it's a really cool feeling to get to play with them and to connect for goals and whatnot awesome well luke thank you for joining me on top shelf the kijhl podcast of course thank you for having me this is top shelf the kijhl podcast i'm mark berry still to come player spotlights nathan bomer of the 100 mile house wranglers and tyson horiachka of the princeton posse Plus, KIJHL Commissioner Jeff Dubois with some Junior A updates and rule changes. Players spotlight. Oriachka dodges a check on the near boards. Markham threw the puck out front. Having a whack out of there was Horiachka. Shot, they score! Tyson Horiachka. Princeton Posse. From Sherwood Park, Alberta. 04 forward, 6 feet, 175 pounds. Last year with the Posse, 39 games, 29 points. And in the playoffs, 12 points, including eight goals. Head coach Mark Reedman on what Tyson means to the posse. 
I mean, what what doesn't that guy mean to our team? Look at how he plays the game and he contributes in every single facet. Plays power play, plays penalty kill, and can really play in any single five-on-five role, whether you need a shutdown or an offensive production role. I think as a head coach, when you look down your bench and you have a guy like that, his, his presence is invaluable. If we didn't have him in our lineup, I think the success we had last year wouldn't be possible and, you know, especially be poised for, for a successful year ahead of us as well. On Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. I'm talking with the commissioner of the KIJHL, Jeff Dubois. Hi, Jeff. How you doing? Hey, Mark. I'm doing well. Thanks. How are you? To call this off-season busy would be a bit of an understatement, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, this was probably one of the rare years where you're as busy in the off-season as you are, you know, once the puck is down and everybody's playing. We're going to talk a little bit about Junior A in just a moment, but uh, the other big news in the off-season was... After three years away, the Spokane Braves are back in the KIJHL. How big a deal is that? It, it's a big deal. I, I know it's a big deal for them. I, you know, it's, it's been sort of the cruel joke over the last couple of years that, you know, now this is their third time, you know, getting ready to celebrate their 50th season. Circumstances haven't been kind to them. It was nice just seeing them on the ice even for an exhibition game the other day. I know they're really excited down there, not just about the 50th season, but about hockey being back in general and, and being back in the league. And we're certainly happy to have them. It's going to be an exciting year celebrating with them and, and putting the eye back in the KIJHL, so to speak. In uh, July, you made another announcement. I, I don't think it got the air that it should have received. The KIJHL moving to six 20-year-olds in place of five 20-year-olds. Five 20-year-olds was probably one of the lowest numbers in junior hockey right across North America. Uh, but up to six 20-year-olds. How big a deal is that? Yeah, I mean, I, I think it has the potential to be a really big deal, certainly for a whole bunch of players around our league. Those 20-year-old spots are, are valuable and pretty competitive to to grab a hold of. You know, I think with the Junior A news, we're feeling a lot more demand to be a KIJHL player. There's a natural transition that we're going to be going through over the next couple of years, moving from Junior B to Junior A and, and some of the different things that come with that. So we thought it was important to add that six twenty year old to give those 20 additional athletes across the league the opportunity to play in the KIJHL this year. And, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes over the next couple of years. But Obviously, moving up to the Junior A level down the road, if we get to the point where we're competing with other Junior A leagues in some sort of national event, you know, you hit the nail on the head. Five 20-year-olds is as low a number as you'll find at the Junior A level. Uh, there's lots of leagues that have eight or nine 20-year-olds. So, you know, in the long term, we want to be on a, a solid competitive footing, and we also wanted to provide those opportunities for, for our athletes. As somebody who spends a lot of time on Vancouver Island, I can tell you this offseason saw the lowest number of 20-year-olds from the KIJHL find spots on VIJHL or PJHL rosters. I think it only strengthens the KIJHL. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you're going to notice over the course of the year, you know, there's a competitive bump that comes with that. You know, you just mentioned, you know, there tends to be this sort of migration every summer of a number of 20-year-olds from our league, you know, moving on to other leagues, not, you know, because they don't want to be here any longer, but just because that, that number being five is so restrictive that you've got, you know, really good teams with eight or nine 19-year-olds at the end of, of a season with only room to bring five of those players back as 20-year-olds. 
you know, this isn't going to solve every one of those problems, but I think it's definitely a, a step in the right direction. And what's the goals for this season to get to a four-person officiating system? Yeah, so, I mean, we, we have some really unique challenges just geographically. You know, we operate in the Okanagan where there's a lot of officials. We operate in the Kootenays where there's not as many officials. Long-term, we do want to get to a four-man officiating system night in, night out. This year is going to be a really positive step forward just as, as part of that transition. Um, I know the goal that we've laid out with BC Hockey is for at least 50% of our games to be officiated with the four-man system. You know, obviously, it's, it's something that's totally responsive to the number of officials and the availability of officials, uh, but we're hoping that over the next few years that gets to you know, four-man 100% of the time. One of the most exciting changes uh, when it comes to the rules under Junior A, uh, for me, as a guy who watches a lot of hockey, is coincidental minors. In past seasons, because it was Junior B, when there was coincidental minors, it was just five-on-five. Now under Junior A rules, it's four-on-four. And I can tell you, watching games on Vancouver Island, that it's exciting. Four-on-four opens up the ice. It's a major change, I think, that uh, fans are really going to like in the KIJHL. Yeah, I mean, you know, people want to see goals scored and chances created and, you know, fast hockey and skilled hockey and and playing four-on-four. Uh, lends itself to that. Um, it's a, a rule change moving up to junior A that we're 100% supportive and on board with. And I, I think it will result in, in higher scoring hockey across the board. Let's talk a little bit about the junior A. Of course, uh, it really was a challenge, I think, for general managers right across the KIJHL on putting together a team. Uh, you're a former general manager. You know what it's like. You're putting a team together usually the season before for the next year. Do you think that your general managers right across the league have done a good job getting a team together in preparation for the season? It's been a really weird kind of challenge this summer because, you know, we got the news at the beginning of May about the BCHL leaving Hockey Canada and we had an idea, you know, pretty quickly there where we were hoping things would go. But it wasn't until late July that we, we got the formal approval from BC Hockey to take on that Junior A designation. So there was a lot of hurry up and wait for our teams through May and, and June and the large part of July. I mean, that is the time of year generally where if you're a, a coach and GM in our league, you're getting your roster solidified, you're signing players, you're doing a lot of business on the, the HCR, the, the online uh, carding registry, this big sort of 60 day delay where, you know, kids obviously have questions about, you know, where our league, where their team is going to be. Families have questions, you know, they're all perfectly reasonable questions. And uh, we were just in a unique situation where, you know, you get into June and July before we were able to provide answers to those questions. So I think when, uh, when the announcement came towards the end of July, uh, you know, most of our guys kind of got shot out of a cannon in terms of, you know, there being a lot of additional demand for spots in our league. Things had been slow, you know, through May and slow through June and, and the better part of July. And then boom, you know, it was it was go time. So, you know, watching a number of exhibition games, talking to guys around our league, the sense I get is that this is going to be as competitive a season on the ice as we've had in a long time, that the, the skill level, the competitive level is going to be really high as a result of the of the move up to junior A, you know, now we get to sit back and, and, and watch it rather than, than talk about it. 
I know you've been on the phone an awful lot this summer. Uh, are there any updates you can provide us on the status of where we're going with uh, Junior A Tier 1? Uh, is there a, a, a workable model yet, or is it still something in progress? It's, it's definitely in progress, and, uh, you know, I've been really impressed by the leadership that BC Hockey's shown in, in bringing together a big group, including, you know, our, our three leagues here in BC, you know, as well as uh, the CJHL and the Western Hockey League and other stakeholders. We're working through that process right now. I think the goal is certainly by the, the end of the calendar year to have a, a pretty clear uh, roadmap in terms of what Tier 1 hockey is going to look like be able to communicate that to our teams and then, you know, see who's uh, who's interested in, in making those moves. Probably not something that we're going to have in place before the start of the regular season here, but over the next couple of months, I think there will be some news. The Cyclone-Taylor Cup was the Junior B Provincial Championships. Uh, any idea, any headway on a Provincial Junior A Championship? Well, we are in the midst right now of taking bids from across the province for that event looks like at least this year the the structure of the event is going to be very similar to what people are used to with Cyclone Taylor, whether it has that Cyclone Taylor name or not. I don't think anyone's sure at this point, but we should be getting an announcement on a, a host community, I would think probably, you know, by the beginning of October or, or mid-October. And we, we definitely will see uh, an event with all three league champions competing uh, come April. And finally, Jeff, after a strong start, it could be their worst season in 30 years. What's happened to the Yankees this year? <laughs> How much time do you got? <laughs> I know, I know the folks at home turn in, tune in for for Yankees talk. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, you know, in, in all seriousness, uh, lots of injuries, not a lot of depth, top-heavy roster construction. A lot of frustration. It's it's been a tough year as the Yankees. And, and it's the American League East. It's the toughest division anywhere. Thank you very much for doing this, Jeff. Uh, and uh, we'll stay in touch through the course of the season. Thanks for having me, Mark. Jeff Dubois is the commissioner of the KIJHL. Players, spotlight. Quick chance here for Nathan Bomer. Bomer moves in and scores. Bomer had no difficulty moving in and scoring there. Nathan Bomer, 100 Mile House Wranglers. An 03 from Chestermere, Alberta, 6 feet, 183 pound forward in two seasons with the 100 Mile House Wranglers. 60 games played, 38 goals, 26 assists for 64 points. Dale Ladoon, Wranglers head coach, on what Nathan brings to the club. Oh, Nathan brings a, a wealth of talent for sure. I've known Nathan even before he was a Wrangler. He's a wonderful kid, he comes from a great family. He's probably the top forward in, the, in our conference if not among the top forwards in the whole KIJHL. He's a big, powerful skater. He's got good hockey sense. He's got a high compete level. He's a good teammate, brings a lot of leadership. He helps build the Wrangler culture with his presence and his play. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. Our thanks this week to the KIJHL broadcasters, in particular, Eric Blow, Larry Reed, and Justin McCartney. KIJHL Director of Communications, Emmanuel Sequera, League Commissioner Jeff Dubois, Wranglers Head Coach and General Manager Dale Ladoon, Posse Head Coach Mark Reedman, and 22-23 League MVP Luke Chakrabarty. Finally, a stick tap to flow hockey, which brings our players closer to their families and friends back home. I'm Mark Berry. This is Top Shelf, the KIJHL podcast. We're back in seven days. <laughs>